How about now? Okay. Hey, how's it going? How are you guys? You guys awake? You know, push your neighbor. Say, wake up, 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 wake up. Hey, we're excited. We're glad you guys are here tonight. It is going to be a great night, and I'm pumped about tonight for so many reasons. But we're in the middle of a series called Hurt, and it's a brand new series that we started a few weeks ago. But tonight's actually the end of it, and there is an amazing, amazing, amazing thing God wants to do in your heart as we wrap this thing up. And so we're talking about hurt, and I'm like a huge basketball fan. Any basketball fans in the house at all? Like two of you. Okay. I am a huge Lakers fan. Uh, that's the team from L.A. If you don't like basketball, you just need to know they're the winners. Um, but I'm a huge Lakers fan, and it's playoffs time. And the playoffs just started uh, like three days ago. And you get like, if you're a sports fan, I don't know about you, but if you're a sports fan like me, you get your hopes up. And you like put all of your hopes in your team to win. And you have your jersey. And today I went to go buy a Lakers hat, but they didn't like the Lakers at the store I went to. And they said, they would. the guy told me, I will never carry a Lakers hat in my store. Um, but anyways, you get your hopes up and you wear the jersey and you're all excited about your team and you put so much hope that they're going to come through for you. And unless you're a Lakers fan, you get disappointed every single year. You get let down because they, they, they break their promises. All the other teams, no matter what team you're a fan of, they all break their promises. You get your hopes up and then they just let you down. And it kind of hurts. It's kind of sad. Unless you're like me and you're a Lakers fan and then you just... When? Okay, um, so like I can totally relate to this talk tonight, and so we have an amazing, world-renowned, just unbelievable preacher, communicator, teacher tonight here with us, and so here's the deal. Um, when we have guest speakers, one thing that I would love for you guys to do is to like talk back and pay attention and be excited and like amen every once in a while and raise your hand and say, preach on, girl. Um yeah, stuff like that. Open your Bibles. Don't talk on your cell phones. Don't, like, yeah, shame the flesh, you know. Um, like, have some fun and engage with our speaker tonight because literally we are lucky. Like, the, the word is going to be awesome tonight, and God's going to use uh, this young lady. Um, before I introduce her, let me uh, say this to you. If you do not have these notes, please raise your hand. Um, when you came in, they might have handed them to you. If you don't have one, they're going to hand these out. This will help you follow along with the talk tonight. And so if you like are that fill-in-the-blank type person, then you would love these. We have them for you. But without any further ado, our speaker tonight is one of the most amazing, like, God-loving young women that I have ever met. Like, if you're a young woman and you're looking for, like, the model, you're looking for, like, someone who loves Jesus with all their heart and someone to follow, this is your chick over here, and she and her husband Josh just celebrated their six-month anniversary. Give it up for them because of that. And she's got a nino, nina coming. And so, uh, yeah, give it up, you guys. Pay attention. Show some love for Emily Don't Call Me Hinkle Cash. <laughs> Thank you, Josh, for that introduction. That was intense. I hope I can live up to that. Um, like Josh said, my name's Emily Cash. I'm an intern here. I just wanted to start our time together by letting you guys know that um, I really do count it an honor and a privilege to spend um, time with you. I love you guys, so thank you for giving me the next half hour of your lives. Um, and like Josh said, we're in the middle of a series called Hurt. And from what I hear, he's done a really, really great job unpacking with you guys the last two weeks, kind of 
the whole nature of that word and just the reality that all of us experience hurt and sometimes our hurts are big and deep, um, but that we serve a God who was also wounded and he relates to us in our hurt and uses our hurt to grow us. Um, but I actually wasn't here for the first week of the teaching because I was in Seattle visiting my best friend. Um, she told me that she wouldn't believe that I was pregnant unless I came to Seattle to prove it to her. So I did. And we spent kind of a week hanging out, me and her and her husband. And she's actually been my best friend since I was in sixth grade, which I'm not really that old, but it's kind of a long time. It's still like 12 years that we've been friends. And um, as I was kind of reflecting on why our friendship has lasted that long, part of it is just because we have a whole bunch of ridiculous stories um, and ridiculous things that we've done together. Like when I was y'all's age, uh, when we were in high school, my best friend Lindsay and I used to try and get free food from fast food restaurants by hitting on people at the drive-thru, <laughs> which I won't recommend that to you, mostly just because it did not usually really work out all that well for us. I think the only time we got free food was when people felt sorry for us. Um, but the nature of that whole interaction is that they can't see you, so the only thing you have to work with is just your, I don't know, communication skills. And being the more articulate of the two of us, I was always the one who had to come up with pickup lines and then deliver them at the drive-through. And there was this one night in particular where I just kind of laid down the law and said, Lindsay, tonight you are the one hitting on the people at the drive-through. It does not work when I do it, so how about you try? And so we started at a Wendy's, and it was a girl at the drive-through, so we just drove away. And then we ended up at... Krispy Kreme, and I had kind of been like coaching her, you can really do this, and she had run all these practice pickup lines past me, and so we get to the drive-thru, and it's a man on the other end of the speaker, and he says, you know, welcome to Krispy Kreme, what can I do for you, or whatever they say, and my best friend just kind of leans out the window and goes, hello, <laughs> and that's all, that's all she said, and then we both just started laughing so hard because it was the worst pickup line ever. <laughs> And we just drove away because there was no recovering from that. And I don't know. It may have really done something for the guy at the drive-thru, but we would never know because we drove away. So we have a whole bunch of ridiculous adventures like that that have kind of built our friendship. But um, honestly, in 12 years, we've hurt each other a lot of times, and most of the time it's not on purpose. Um, but the two of us have gotten really, really good at forgiving one another. And I think that's where just the weightiness of our friendship has come from, and it's what has allowed us to survive as best friends for 12 years and even across distances like Georgia to Seattle. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight is forgiveness. And I can just probably feel some of you guys closing your ears because maybe, I don't know, you kind of think that everything there is to hear about forgiveness you've already learned, and I can just promise you that's not true. Ask any adult in this room, and they'll tell you that they're still learning what it means to forgive. Um, so I just pray that as we open the scriptures tonight that God would reveal his forgiveness to you in a fresh way or even things that you've heard before, they would be new to you tonight. Um, and there are probably some of you who have really, really resonated with uh, the way that the teaching has gone the last two weeks where you've gotten to really get in touch with the ways that you've been hurt and acknowledge the things that other people have done to you that have hurt you. And that's so good. It's super healthy to do that and Jesus wants to meet you in those hurts um, but he doesn't let you live there. And so forgiveness is kind of his, um, his exit strategy for you. And so all of you guys who have really liked being emo the last two weeks, we're not doing that this week. We're going to talk about um, 
how to heal from the hurts that you've experienced. So um, kind of on that note, uh, I've been spending a lot of time the last couple weeks thinking and praying about um, you guys and just all the ways that I've learned about forgiveness and where I learned them from. And I think the way that I learned forgiveness when I was little is pretty universal. So you guys can just stop me if this is not the way that you learned about forgiveness. But I'll just tell you a quick story. When I was little, um, I was probably three. My brother was probably five. Um, his name's Brian. He's awesome. But he's super different than me. And he really, really values his alone time, which is something I didn't really get when I was little. And I still honestly don't really get, but I can just appreciate about him. Um, but when I was three, I mean, it didn't matter to me. All I wanted was to spend time with my bigger brother. So there was one day in particular where he made it very clear to me, I do not want to spend time with you. Leave me alone. And I just did not, I didn't like that plan. So I followed him up to his room where he continued to tell me, I don't want to spend time with you right now. And I wouldn't have it. So I stuck my hand in the door to stop him from closing it because I want to spend time with him. And he shut my hand in the door, like all the way for a couple of seconds before he opened it again. And I just remember screaming like louder than I've probably ever screamed before in my life and ran outside. My mom was by the mailbox. She was a nurse and my fingers had swollen up so huge that she thought they were broken. Like my brother did not mess around when he shut the door on me. And when all the hysteria was kind of over and we realized my finger wasn't broken and I was gonna survive, my mom kind of brought the two of us together and she said, now Brian, tell Emily, you know, that you're sorry. And he would go, I'm sorry. Then Emily, you need to forgive your brother. And I would say, I forgive you. And then we were just expected to kind of live the way that we had been living before. He slammed my fingers in the door and made them the size of sausages. And honestly, Brian probably did not feel like um, apologizing to me. He probably really wasn't that sorry. I was the obnoxious one. Um, and I know that I did not feel like forgiving him. I had throbbing fingers to remind me that, like, he had actually just really hurt me. And as I kind of think about that whole, like, the way our parents teach us forgiveness and bring us together and tell us, now's the time. You say, I'm sorry, and now you say, I forgive you. Um, it's good, and I trust my mom's parenting skills, but I think that that taught me that forgiveness was going to be really natural and that everyone was going to be ready to say, I'm sorry, and that it was going to be easy and all this kind of stuff that honestly, as you guys I'm sure have experienced, forgiveness doesn't actually function like that. Um, but we're not the first people to kind of misunderstand the nature of forgiveness. So I want to uh, turn with you guys to Matthew 18 and kind of unpack uh, what Jesus had to say about forgiveness when Peter kind of misunderstood it. Um, himself. So if you guys want to turn in the Bibles that we have here, it's page um, 975. Um, and for everyone else, like I said, it's Matthew 18, 21. And so I'll just read the first verse to you. It says, uh, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times. And I just want to kind of pause there for a second, because in Jewish culture at this time, it was kind of expected that if you forgave somebody three times, that was enough to show a forgiving spirit. So if you forgave someone, you know, three times, that was good. You didn't need to keep forgiving them. So Peter probably thought he was going to really, really impress Jesus by saying seven times. You know, I'm not just going to double it. I'm going to double it and add one. You know, seven times I'm going to forgive my brother. What do you think about that, Jesus? And um, it turns out Jesus was kind of unimpressed by that because he answered 
I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. And um, he just goes on to clarify the, just the spirit of forgiveness that he desires for us with this parable. So we're just going to kind of read it straight through. And it says, uh, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Which we'll pause there for a second. That seems kind of an intense repercussion for just a debt. It's like your wife and your children and everything that you had be sold. But just to give you guys some perspective, a servant of his stature would make one talent in about 20 years worth of work. So one talent is 20 years worth of wages. So he owed this master 10,000 talents, which if you guys have good math skills, that's 200,000 years worth of wages. So kind of just a ridiculous debt. Like if you guys have talked about uh, the word hyperbole in your English class, like Jesus is using that here to just show like this debt was so huge, so far beyond his capacity to repay, it was laughable. 200,000 years worth of wages. Um, So since he was not able to pay them, yeah, the master ordered that his wife and children and all he had be sold to repay the debt. But the servant fell on his knees before him and said, be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything, which obviously the master knew. There's no way that you can repay this. But instead of holding it against him, the servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which to put that in perspective for you guys is about a hundred days worth of wages. So about three months pay, which ask any adult in this room what they would do without three months pay. And I mean, that's significant. It's definitely, I mean, it's a big debt. Three months of wages would wreck somebody, but I mean, three months wages versus 200,000 years wages there's kind of a big difference, but the servant grabbed his peer and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had it on you? In anger, his master turned him over to jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Um, so that's kind of an intense parable. And honestly, um, The next couple of minutes, I'm going to just spend some time unpacking some truths about forgiveness with you guys that we can learn from this passage. Um, But it's going to feel kind of intense just because, um, I mean, forgiveness is a serious thing. But I hope that at the end of this time, you guys feel empowered and inspired to forgive and not burdened by forgiveness. So I promise you there's like this really bright light at the end of the tunnel. So hang with me. But we're going to talk about what it looks like to forgive the people who have hurt you. So you guys have those little note sheets. If you're filling the blank kind of people, this is for you. If not, that's fine. Um, But this should make it easier for you guys to kind of unpack this stuff in small group. Um, So the first blank, I'm just going to tell you guys straight off the bat that forgiveness is not easy. It's just not. And um, like I said, that's kind of an 
feels sort of like an intense way to start this time, but I want to set your expectations right um, because when I was graduating high school and headed to college, I had a, several people tell me like, you know, you've taken all these AP classes, college will be so easy for you. And so I believed them and I went to college thinking this is going to be really easy. And turns out that was my worst GPA that I got in my four years in college because I expected it to be really, really easy and it wasn't. And so as college went on, I kind of reset my expectations and I had to take this class called organic chemistry um, to get into medical school. And everyone that I talked to told me, you know, this is going to ruin your life. You're not going to have any friends. You're going to study all the time. You're going to hate everything and then you're still going to fail. And so that's what I expected going into organic chemistry. And so I had freed up my schedule so I had plenty of time to study and I just mentally prepared myself for the amount of work that was going to go into it. And honestly, I mean, I did fine and I worked hard, but um, I still had friends at the end of it and I didn't hate my life. And I think honestly that was just because my expectations had been set by the people before me. So I just want to set your expectations about forgiveness that it's hard. And even when someone says, I'm sorry, it's not always easy to say, I forgive you. And it doesn't make you a bad person if forgiveness is hard. So just go ahead and feel like you're normal if you have a hard time forgiving people. Um, but kind of the flip side of that coin is that forgiveness is a non-negotiable with God. And um, just like it was really rewarding for me to put in the work for my organic chemistry class and I reaped reward from that. You will reap reward from doing the hard work of forgiveness, but Jesus doesn't really give you the option um, about whether or not to forgive. If you look at the very first verse of this passage, um, or I guess the second verse when Jesus says, I tell you to forgive 77 times, uh, he doesn't add any exceptions. There are no exceptions at the end of that clause. He doesn't say forgive 77 times, you know, unless this person did this to you because that's just unforgivable or, you know, forgive 77 times unless they don't apologize because why would you forgive someone who didn't apologize to you? Or forgive 77 times but don't actually forgive if you didn't like the person that much in the first place and the relationship isn't worth the work. Like, there are, Jesus didn't really make exceptions um, about forgiveness. So know that if you're going to follow him, you will follow him down this path um, of forgiveness, even though it's hard. And I think a lot of the reason that it's hard is because um, our story always feels like it should be the exception to the rule, especially if we don't receive an apology. And honestly, this is where God has really had to deal with me because the deepest wounds of my heart, um, I have not received an apology for them. And I waited for them or waited for apologies and asked for apologies and never received them. And God made it clear to me that every day that I waited for an apology was a day that I allowed bitterness um, to kind of seep into my heart. And um, PK actually kind of touched on this this morning, but when you let hurts go uh, untaken care of, it will wreck you. And um, I actually, like I said, I wanted to go to medical school for a long time, so I would get really into um, health, TV shows, whatever. And I remember one year I was watching this show. I don't remember what it was called or what it was about really, other than they documented real-life medical cases. And there was this woman who came on at the beginning of the show, and her whole body was covered in third-degree burns, which is just horrific, painful beyond anything I can imagine. That's like one of my worst fears is being burned alive. 
that and being buried alive. And she had pretty much experienced that. You know, she was barely hanging on to life with these third-degree burns covering her whole body. Well, halfway through the show, her burns get infected. And it's not just like one little patch of skin. It's like her whole body that's covered in third-degree burns gets infected. So if you guys are squeamish, you can just kind of zone out for a second here. But they show the surgery that they did to take care of this woman's burns. And effectively, they took what looked like a cheese grater and just scraped off her infected flesh. And I, I know, I can handle a lot um, of blood and gore and all that kind of stuff, but I only remember this show because it was so horrifying to watch her infected flesh like being flung all over the room while they were scraping it off of her. And I know, sorry, dramatic effect, but, um, but that's what happens. It's, it's the same with um, relational and spiritual and emotional interpersonal hurts. All those things, when you let them go untended, um, you invite a bitterness that is just as toxic to your soul as that infection was to her body. Um, and God just made that really clear to me that um, in waiting for an apology, I was inviting bitterness, and it was the apology may never come. And so it was actually kind of freeing for me to understand, you know, I don't have to wait for an apology to begin the work of forgiving this person. So that's something else I wanted you guys to know. Um, and in that whole process, uh, really God made it clear to me too that you just have to choose to apologize or to forgive, I'm sorry. That forgiveness is a choice and not a feeling. And it's the same with love. I don't know if you guys have kind of heard that whole concept before that um, love is a choice and not a feeling. But my husband, Josh, actually never told me that he loved me until he was down on one knee asking me to marry him because he understood that feeling love towards me was not the same as choosing to be committed to loving me. And it functions the same with forgiveness, that you may never feel forgiving, but God is going to expect you to forgive anyways. And it, it's, it's not of us to feel forgiving, and I think when we decide not to forgive someone, a lot of times it's because it feels like we're being untrue to ourselves if we forgive someone when we don't feel it. But I'm just going to tell you, you're never going to feel forgiving. So stop waiting for that too. Um, actually, so much of what I've learned about forgiveness, I've learned in the last six months of being married to Josh because he's incredibly forgiving, super generous in uh, just extending grace to me in little things like I get water all over the bathroom floor after I take a shower and he forgives me for that or he forgave me when I lost the title to our car, which is kind of a big deal. Or, uh, and he's forgiven me for big, like deep emotional hurts um, as well. And I've learned to do the same with him. And a couple months ago, we were actually in the middle of this really heated argument. And I just left the room because I was like, I can't, I'm going to keep saying things that I don't mean. I need to cool off. And Josh is like a let's fix this right now kind of person. So he followed me into the room and said, I'm going to parent you right now because you need some parenting. And um, we can laugh about it now, but at the time I was not laughing. I did not think that was funny, and it did not go over well. Um, and I did not honestly feel like forgiving him for that because I didn't like it. And I, there was no part of me that had this emotional response of, oh, okay, I'm going to forgive you for saying that to me. But I chose to forgive him for that. One, because Jesus has asked me to forgive and because my relationship with Josh is more important to me than continuing to harbor, uh, 
you know, frustration about that one thing that he said, but, you know, I didn't, if I don't feel like forgiving someone that I love that much, you're never going to feel like forgiving the people that hurt you. So I'm just going to go ahead and free you up from having to feel like you need to wait to feel forgiving. Um, and I think one of the other reasons that sometimes we don't forgive the people who have hurt us is because uh, we feel like we're inviting future pain. Does that make sense? So if I forgave Josh for saying he was going to parent me in the middle of a fight, does that not just invite him to say the same thing to me next time we fight? And I think that's just a huge misconception about forgiveness because forgiveness um, does not excuse sin, but it does cover it. So I'm going to kind of unpack that with you guys. What that means is if you tell some guy in your Spanish class one of your deepest secrets and he tells 15 of his best friends, Christ expects you to forgive him, to love him, to speak kindly about him, but you certainly do not have to tell him your secrets anymore. Like, you don't have to... Forgiveness does not mean the relationship has to be the same way it was before. Or if your best friend finds out about some guy that you like and starts dating him, like, you're expected to continue to love her and forgive her and be in relationship. Um, Like interact kindly with her, but you don't, she doesn't have to be your best friend anymore. And I think that that's something that we misunderstand about forgiveness. And honestly, how many of you guys know Paul Neiman? Anybody know Paul Neiman? He's another intern here. He's one of my good friends. And we kind of had this moment in our friendship like a couple months ago where he like really deeply wounded me and I had to forgive him for that. Um, cause he found out this was just when Josh and I had found out that I was pregnant. I hadn't told anybody, not my mom, not my best friend. And honestly was not ready to tell anybody. And, uh, Paul Neiman ended up seeing it in one of my text messages that I was pregnant and decided to tell like five or six people about it. Um, which was not a good decision, but we're cool now. Don't worry. So, uh, I mean, we had this kind of long drawn out discussion and he felt so terrible and just had misunderstood the whole situation. Um, But then yesterday or a couple days ago, we were sitting in the cafe and he asked me to tell him something. And I was like, no, I know exactly what happens when I tell you secrets. And we got to kind of laugh about it. But really, our relationship did not have to be the same at the end of that. Like, there is a trust rebuilding time and we just weren't there yet. And I don't have to continue to tell Paul secrets if he's going to tell them to other people. And I believe, um, you know, that there will be a point where I can trust him again. But just know that you guys, forgiving someone does not mean that you have to invite them back in to the places that they hurt you. Um, Because, yeah, Jesus doesn't ask that of you. In this parable, um, the master, he will probably never loan money to that servant again. You know, that was a big debt that he canceled, and he doesn't really ever have to loan money again. Jesus doesn't expect that of you. Um, So just know that to be true, that you're expected to forgive sin, to, um, to not let the past interrupt the present, but you're not expected uh, for your relationship with that person to be the same as it was before. So that's kind of a lot that we just covered, and I don't know how much of that sounded familiar to you guys and what didn't. Um, but here's kind of the take-home message that forgiveness, uh, you don't have to, or I'm sorry, forgiveness um, is a choice to not let the past interrupt the present. 
Everybody get that? Forgiveness is a choice not to let the past interrupt the present. Um, So like I said, you don't have to live the way that you did before. You may never get an apology. You may never feel like like forgiving, but um, it's a choice to not let the past interrupt the present. And all that feels kind of weighty and sort of like self-help book, like if I do these five things, then, you know, I can forgive the people who have hurt me. And I acknowledge that it's not that easy and that some of you guys have been hurt beyond my wildest imaginations. Um, But here's the good news, is that you do not have to muster up forgiveness, um, that God does not ask you to just like, run on the treadmill repeating over and over again, you know, like, forgiveness is a choice, forgiveness is a choice, until you just muster up the ability to forgive the people who have hurt you. He doesn't ask that of you. Um, But what is true is that we serve a God who has um, so lovingly lavished forgiveness on us through the blood of Jesus on the cross Um, that he offers so much forgiveness to you that it not only covers your sin, but it makes you capable of forgiving the people that have hurt you. And um, in this story, I don't know if you guys need me to clarify this for you, but you are the servant that owes 200,000 years worth of wages. Like your debt to the Lord is so far beyond your capacity to repay that it's kind of ridiculous and you will never repay it. But he has, in his kindness, um, sacrificed his son for you and offered that forgiveness to you and invited you into a restored relationship with him. And um, that relationship will inspire and empower the forgiveness that he asks you to give other people. And um, so I think there's kind of like, for those of you who have never experienced the forgiveness of Christ, I hope that tonight... Um, when we have kind of a time to respond in a few minutes that um, you will understand and accept the forgiveness that Christ offers you. And just like this forgive, or the servant, all he has to say is, you know, he fell on his knees and asked for mercy. Like that's all you need to do and Christ is waiting to give it to you. Um, and then there's some of you guys in this room who probably have a really, really hard time forgiving because you haven't actually internalized the forgiveness that Christ has offered to you. And um, it's really, really easy, I think, for us in the church to trivialize what God accomplished uh, through the blood of Jesus on the cross for us. Um, But that forgiveness is massive, and you have at your feet chains that are broken um, and just a sin and a debt that's paid. And I hope that in this time you... Uh, respond to God accordingly and ask him to make that forgiveness fresh to you and let it inspire you um, to forgive the people that have hurt you. Um, But I think the last thing that all of us, I want all of us to do tonight um, is ask God to show you the ways that you've been hurt and the people that are responsible for those hurts and um, ask for him to begin to empower you to forgive those people. Um, Because when you come into relationship with Jesus, he gives you the Holy Spirit And the Holy Spirit is what empowers you to forgive. Um, So at the end of our time tonight, there are going to be some adults up here. And if you want prayer for any of those things, like whether you need um, the Holy Spirit to help you forgive someone who's hurt you, or whether you want to come into relationship with Jesus, whether you just want to understand his forgiveness more, um, at the end of this song that we're going to do, there are going to be adults up here that are available to you um, to just pray those things over you. 
Um, but the neat thing about these adults that are going to come down um, in the next minute or so is all of them are going to be holding a cardboard box ripped up that on one side um, has a hurt that they've experienced, a situation where they've been wounded, a lie that they've believed, whatever it is, whoever they were before Jesus healed them, they have that written on one side of their cardboard. And then they're going to flip it and show what the healing of Christ looks like for them. And so I just want to invite you guys um, either now or in your small group to spend time with the adults who love you um, because they know how you're hurting. They've experienced hurt themselves. But even more than that, they've experienced the healing um, that Christ has to offer. So let them pray that over you um, in this time. And we're actually, I'm going to go ahead and let Will and them start playing this song. Um, but I just hope that whether it's in your seat or up here, that you just give uh, the Lord a chance to do a work in you and that you would respond to him accordingly um, by forgiving the people that have hurt you and just choosing to stop letting the past interfere with the present.
sing with us. Um, so as you go, I just want to pray uh, Psalm 103 over you guys, and it says this. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so your youth is renewed like the eagle's. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As the Father has compassion on his children, so has the Lord compassion on those who fear him. You guys are free to go to small groups. Before you go, we actually have a couple of announcements to make. Um, First off, give it up for Emily. Wasn't that awesome? What a great, great job. So good. Absolutely amazing. Um, We're lucky to have her here. Um, Here. You may really need to turn that on. Here. Thanks. I just thought it was working. Thanks, Andy. All right, I'll just go ahead and go. You got it? Okay. All right, real quick. This Thursday night, we are having an all-student. She clapped, and she didn't even know what I was going to say. Or did you know what I was going to say? Oh, anyways, whatever. I just thought you were so sweet because you were clapping. But Thursday night, this Thursday night, we are having a night of worship for students, all campuses. So it's going to be at Hamilton Mill from 7 to 8.30. So if you're go to this campus or if your friends go to Flowery Branch, Hamilton Mill, whatever, everyone, all student campus, night of worship, it's going to be amazing. And you should be there. And you should bring, like, all your friends because it's going to be awesome. 
Yep. I'm excited. The next thing is this. Next week is Easter, and the bunny hates you, so we're not having service next Sunday night. But Jesus loves you, so you can come with your family to the adult service in the auditorium. It's going to be awesome. Um, we are going to have a good time. But it's Easter Sunday, so no point service next Sunday. And then when we start back the next week after Easter, we're actually going to change our service time. It's not going to start any different but it's going to end at 7.30. We have to kind of coordinate things with the adult service going on in there. And so we want to um, just let you guys know that it's not going to be ending at 8. It's going to be ending at 7.30 the next time you come. You need to know that. Cool. Summer, what else? And tonight is your first night. Um, We are so glad that you are here. Welcome to The Point. We've got a party specifically designed for you. So we've got free pizza. And we've got some people that are excited to meet you. So if you would go right after here, go into the, the Starbucks Cafe. Um, we've got a free Starbucks for you, free pizza. Just want to hang out, meet some people, some leaders. We're excited to have you here. And we've got small groups. So if you are already in small groups, go to your small group. If you don't know where for sure to go, ask one of the leaders. We'll be more than happy to get you directed to where you need to go. Yeah, and um, if you are a first-time guest, we're excited you're here. Bring the person that brought you um, in there so you don't have to come by yourself. And if you are our team that is in there tonight, um, one of our small group team, make sure that as visitors, the guests, get pizza first. And if you're like a regular point person and you go in there every week and get pizza before all the visitors do. Shame on you. Shame on you. Don't do that anymore, okay? Um, Because we like buy that for them. So don't take advantage of the free pizza if you go here every week. I know who you are. You know who you are. The the Lord's watching. He's got your number. Okay. That being said, everybody, why don't you do me a favor? Stand up on your feet. We're going to go out. We're going to worship God a little bit more before we go. The band's going to lead us. Worship well, and then you're free to go to small groups. Have a great night.